The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Irreverent. Entertaining. Cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. If you've been listening, you know that I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist. That just means that I utilize intuition, my senses, spirit guides to help inform my work so that I may serve to bring you the most clarity in the most efficient way, very authentically and directly. I would love to work with you if you are looking for a healing practitioner. Check me out online at nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, for subscribing and sharing the show there some new uh, ratings and reviews. I want to encourage that. Please go to iTunes and pull up All Things Therapy. Give me a five-star review and rate what you like about the show. And any feedback you have, you're welcome to email me, Lisa at NOLA Therapy. I do receive those directly. And I would love for you to join my email list. It's also at nolatherapy.com. I have a book coming out in 2020 talking about self-forgiveness and healing our deepest core wounding. And I want to be able to get that information to you at the right time. I'm trying to think of what else to share. Oh, on social media, find me at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. And on Instagram, I am in the middle of a video series on IGTV having to do with spiritual hacks. And these are tips they're techniques, they are practices, books that I have learned from and applied in my own life. Last night, I released Spiritual Hack number 16 that had to do with taking inspired action versus efforted action. And that that actually ties into my guest who I'll be introducing in a few moments, which she has done in her life and with her husband, Jesse, to take inspired action to get out of debt and now teaching others to do the same. So please check me out on Instagram. I have been really investing a lot of time and energy in building my presence there. And I've just begun and I'm looking forward to just doing more there to get messages out of well-being and health and just psycho-spiritual guidance and truths. Let's move into my guest portion of the show. So in just moments, we will be with Jennifer Griffith. Her and her husband, Jesse, were at one time, they were in over $100,000 of debt. 
and they realized that their only way out was through the creation of an intentional lifestyle. And after they paid off all of this debt, it allowed them to take charge of their life. It allowed them to live their passions. And Jennifer created an online platform titled inthelifeofzen.com if you want to follow along online, inthelifeofzen.com. And her platform shares inspiration, guidance, and tips to help you and to achieve financial freedom in the midst of juggling responsibilities having to do with home, work, family, and how to fulfill your purpose instead of just working to pay bills like her and her husband once found themselves in that place, which I think is not so unfamiliar for a lot of us being in that rut. And Jennifer's going to help us learn some tips and techniques to get out of that rut using methodologies that her and Jesse practiced. Additionally, Jennifer is vice president of business development for a healthcare media company. And she served in this industry for over 20 years with the top performing sales team. And she's passionate about inspiring others to, to find what she has found. She's a lifestyle blogger. I was on her show. She did a masterclass from broke to badass and interviewed a number of women and asked us for three tips and techniques on how we've changed our lives. So I'm just really delighted, Jennifer, to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for that fabulous introduction. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be speaking with you again. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you on that end, on the couch, so to speak. Um, we're, we've switched roles from the last time we spoke. We, we have, <laughs> and it's fun, right? It's, it it's a fun way to go about getting to know each other a little more. I love it. It is. So I know you and Jesse's story. I'm wondering where you'd like to begin mm-hmm. our listeners today with how you found financial freedom and the way you teach others to do that now. Because sometimes I think yeah, it can absolutely. feel kind of, an, I think you feel kind of impossible sometimes to tell you the truth. So I really like your story and the hope that yeah, you inspire. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, right? Because I think that um, a lot of people feel stuck, especially, you know, if you are in debt or if you don't know how to save. I think this is one of those challenges that people just think it's something really difficult to do. And it's not necessarily easy, but it's also not impossible. So uh, I'm happy to share my story and just some of the tips that we incorporated, which helped us. But, you know, you mentioned that I am vice president of business development for a healthcare company. And that is, you know, what I do professionally, but passionately because of my story and because of my personal struggles, I really am on this mission to help others and really to help them realize how to apply tips to help them achieve their goals of hopefully living the life of their dreams. So my story is constantly evolving as all of ours are, but a big part of it started in 2008, which if you recall, was during the Great Recession, oh, yeah. um, where unfortunately Absolutely. in the U.S., over 8.4 million people lost their jobs. Yeah. And my husband was one of those people. Okay. Um, so up to that point, we had thought that we were living well or doing well financially. But then once we went from two incomes to one, we really did realize that we were living paycheck to paycheck. We had over $100,000 in debt, as you mentioned, and we really didn't have enough money to pay our bills. I mean, it was very stressful and yeah. a very difficult time for us. As, as you know, I'm with your patients, when there's a lack of money, it creates all of this stress in 
so many areas of life, whether it's your marriage or personally or lack of, you know, your sleep habits. So it was really a difficult time for us. And I remember one day I was sitting on the living room floor and I was counting change, believe it or not, out of this tin jar that we have in the kitchen. And I was doing that just to be able to get some of our necessities at the grocery store. And I was crying as I was doing this. And it wasn't the pretty cry. It's really that ugly cry where, you know, you just can't breathe. And I remember thinking to myself, everything is going to be okay. Yeah, I'm going to change things so that this never happens again. Mm. And that was, you know, I think I hit rock bottom, but then found kind of that aha moment. And that was really it. So that was the point, And that was in 2008 where my husband and I became very intentional about taking control of our finances. Um, we really started to look at how much debt did we have and how could we purposely plan and create a plan of attack to eliminate it. So we worked on specifically our credit cards, our car payments, and our school loans. So I, I want to clarify that our mortgage was not included in that. And okay. even though I don't think there's a such thing as good debt, we decided to really tackle what you know society might call bad debt and yeah. then just kind of focus on paying that off. So we do still have a mortgage and we're working on paying that off in the next few years. But in 2008, we started tackling all of our bad debt. And in 2017, it did take a little bit of time, we became 100% debt-free awesome. of all over $100,000 in debt. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was great. So, and then as you can imagine, when you pay off, you know, whether it's debt or you eliminate a burden, it allows you to then shift your focus and your attention on things that you love. And for us, that really just meant traveling. So we were able to, instead of spend money on things we didn't like, like bills, we were then able to shift and, you know, take more adventures, go on more vacations. So what I found was through the years, as I shared my personal story, and as I shared it with really anyone who was willing to listen, be it family, <laughs> friends, coworkers, yeah. um, what I found was that people were genuinely interested in learning how they could also make a change. Okay. So because of that, I decided to marry my knowledge of business and my personal story. And I created the website, as you mentioned, which now is a platform that provides weekly powerful tools that focus on money and abundance. Mm -hmm. Because I think in order to, you know, like with me, I went from a point of sheer desperation where I was crying, but there's a mindset that you have to change as well. You have to truly believe that you can do it and everything will be okay. Yes. So I focus on money and abundance, on creating a good work-life balance, and I'll go into that a little bit more later, and also on focusing on your passions and success. Because I think once you take control of your money and you make your money work the way that you want it to work, you can then live that life of your dream. So we like to call our website, our tagline is where money meets soul, because it truly is kind of a, a marriage of the two. It's a mindset, it's finances, but it's a bit of, of everything you put into that melting pot to get you to where you need to go. Absolutely. I know when you began this journey, you and Jesse, that the role of mentorship was important for you. And I like how you speak about that as far as finding authors, finding books, finding teachers. And you did mm -hmm. that in the work of Dave Ramsey, if I'm not mistaken. 
I did do that. Yep. And Dave Ramsey, really. So for us, you know, what's interesting is both Jesse and I come from families that they may not like to hear this, but they were kind of financially irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our parents growing up never really taught us how to save money or the importance of doing that. So, um, and I'm not blaming them at all, but we really didn't have a financial literacy backing us up. So when we decided to become intentional about tackling our debt, I was having a conversation with one of my neighbors and she's the one actually that introduced me to Dave Ramsey. She just suggested that I read one of his books and I did. I bought the first one off of Amazon and just started reading it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. This is like the the financial guru that I wish I would have always had and, and didn't. So we, in a sense, I don't want to say we became obsessed, but we kind of became obsessed with Dave Ramsey's teachings. And we started to take his Financial Peace University, which is an in-home study kit that really gives you step-by-step instructions on how to tackle your bills, um, to not just get rid of debt, but also where and how to invest, how to look at overall money in general. So anything from healthcare to life insurances, things of that nature. So we really did rely a lot on Dave Ramsey was one of them, but then I'm also one of these individuals who I love to immerse myself um, kind of in books and in the knowledge of others. So I read books. uh, One of them was think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, Hill. which is a classic. And I absolutely recommend there's also the millionaire next door. And these types of books talk about that mindset shift that needs to happen. Um, So it's a little bit of everything. It was practical and practical advice, but then it was also this advice. It's kind of like a spiritual advice, if, if you know if that's a correct term. But we really just started to absorb itself in that. And honestly, if it wasn't for those resources and the mentorship from people who don't know that we even exist, there's no way we would have been able to get to where we are today. It was a combination of techniques, and I know later I'd like for you to talk about the role of of gratitude and manifestation because that is a part of mindset, that visioning and pre-paving the future that we are creating and stepping into and and aligning with that and becoming that person. So at the Mm -hmm. appropriate time to to definitely throw that in too for us. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. I think that's so important too. I think one of the things I do and I recommend, and this might sound so silly, but every month, you know, most of us have bills to pay. And you tend to sit down and either you pay your bills electronically or you write a check. I like to create what I almost call like a bill spa, where in my office, and that's where I pay my bills, I light a candle, I light a Himalayan lamp, I spray, you know, a nice relaxing spray, or I'll play calming music as I pay my bills. And what it does, it it helps me think that I'm actually somewhere like a spa somewhere that I want to be purposely versus actually paying bills. And then for me as well, one of the things I do is every time I pay a bill, I give thanks. So if I'm paying my electrical bill, I give thanks for, you know, access to lighting and heat and whatever it is that we need. If we have an emergency bill where my husband a few months ago ended up in the emergency room and we got a bill that I was not pleased about, but instead of being upset, about this big emergency room bill, I just sat down and I gave thanks for my husband's health and the fact that he was okay. So there are things that we can do to shift our mindset and and they're easy things, but they have such a huge impact. 
Yes. So you, you, you're kind of just tricking yourself in a sense. Can I jump in to add to that? Because I love what you're offering. Absolutely. Here, sitting down to create a, an environment of tranquility as if you were at the spa or about to meditate. Okay, I love that. And giving thanks. The author, Louise Hay, years ago I read in one of her books, she talks about when a bill comes in to, like you said, be have gratitude, be grateful, and to bless our creditors because they are extending, mm-hmm. they're believing in us to pay and extending to us this credit knowing that we can afford it in advance. And I had never thought of my bills in that way, and it really shifted things. So I'm able to really feel grateful, like, thank you for this money in advance because you know I can pay and so do I. So to just really, like you said, change the vantage point from which we view our bills can help it feel so much different. And I think that shift in emotion calls in, allows in the money and the means for it to flow and come to us. Have you found that as well? Yeah, I absolutely have. That's 100% true. You know, it's, we have to be careful too, because some I don't want individuals to think, oh, if you just say, you know, thank you for the $100, suddenly $100 is going to appear. That's not how this stuff works. But the more that you are grateful and appreciative for anything around you, whether it's the money or your health, I feel like the more you're going to attract that in. Um, and that's just a belief I have. I know there's studies out there that prove that that's correct. But, you know, it's just a matter, if anything at all, it's a, it makes you feel better. So yeah. try it, see how it works. It'll just make, change your mindset to become a happier person. But I absolutely agree that the more you do it, the more of this stuff truly comes and flows a little easier. Absolutely. So what's important next for us to to learn from your experience you know actually as i say that as i ask you may i may i change that a little bit because something just dawned on me yeah that i've heard you say sure i remember hearing in one of your interviews you talked about being really you were very honest about feeling resentment at one point of this process and mm-hmm. i really like that mm-hmm. because i think sometimes we try to deny and minimize those more difficult and challenging feelings and so I wondered mm-hmm. in that process of you recognizing and, and owning and honoring that you did feel some resentment, how that helped you to. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, I mean, it w- we were in an, a very unfortunate situation where my husband was the one who lost his job. Thankfully, I still had mine. Uh, and But one of the things that I think is important is when you're trying to tackle finances, and in our case, we almost didn't have a choice, is you have to make sacrifices. And in my case, one of the biggest sacrifices I made, and it was because I worked from home, was I got rid, I sold my car. And we had one vehicle, which my husband used as he was finding work, and he did end up getting a new job, so he was using it to go to his job. But this was almost, this was in 2008, so I don't even know if Uber existed back then, but it just seemed like things were, it was just a little more inconvenient at the time. So I rem- there were a lot of times where I would be sitting at home and, you know, usually if you have a vehicle, you know, oh, I need to run to the store to get something or, oh, I'm going to go on a last minute lunch meeting and I have that car there. Um, I didn't have that. And I remember once just getting really upset about it. Like here I am, I'm the one with the job, I'm the one supplying everything. Mm-hmm. And I became really resentful, which is so silly if you think about it, because the, the reason why we got rid of that vehicle was to serve our bigger purpose and to focus on our goal. But there are times where as humans, we let some of our emotions get in the way. We can be selfish at times. You know, we can get upset. 
And so things like that would happen from time to time, not just the vehicle, but sometimes it would be, oh, I'm working so hard. And why? I'm never going to get out of debt. This is ridiculous. So in fact, I was reading a study recently that said the signs of um, being in stress because of debt almost resemble the signs or the stages of grief, which can include denial, anger, depression. You feel defeated, right? So these are things that would cause a bit of resentment. Um, And, you know, we just had to figure out how to get around it. I mean, it's okay to feel upset at times. I'm not saying we should never feel upset, but I would acknowledge it. And just, you know, sometimes I would go and eat some ice cream and feel a little better and then just sit down and put my big girl pants on and realize, you know what, this is a sacrifice that we chose to make for the end goal. And I just had to keep that end goal in mind and know that, hey, when my husband comes home, I'll have the car. Or the reason why I'm working so hard is to live the life that we want to live and never be in the situation again. So it's not easy. I said that before. It's definitely not easy, but it's also not impossible. That's something that everybody has to remember. Well, and I wonder too, Jennifer, did it cause you and Jesse to become more creative with how it was that you treated yourselves like, you know, versus maybe going out for an extravagant dinner? Did you find new ways to, to have fun together and celebrate even? That's coming to mind as, as we are sitting together. Yeah, we absolutely did. I think that's when you also realize that kind of what your values are, right? Mm-hmm. It, you don't always need money to have a good time. And we are very fortunate to live in Orange County, California, where in Southern California, the weather is perfect pretty much year round. Yeah. And we live just a few miles from the beach. So sometimes for us, it was like, all right, well, we don't want to spend money on going out, but let's go for a walk on the beach. Let's just go watch the sunset or let's pack a picnic and and go instead of going out to dinner. So we definitely got creative in that. And at times it's the difficult times in life and those challenges that bring you closer together. Mm -hmm. So we did find ways to really focus and reshift you know, what our priorities were, um, we just found different ways. And then our val- our core values were the same, but we were able to strengthen on those by finding de- these fun ways to really do what we wanted to do. We were spending time together. We were away from the stresses that we had at home. So we you definitely are able to become very creative in what you do. I learned too, there were times where I chose to make Christmas gifts so I, I learned how to sew with a sewing machine. I could really only do rectangles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pretty much made everyone, you know, little travel bags. But it was fun. Cool. You know, there are things that you learn to do that you just kind of embrace and do what you need to do to focus on on what you, you know, your goal. So we were definitely creative and, and we did have fun. And I think our marriage became stronger because of it. Yeah. And I think there's so much more love in that those kind of gifts that you make and the time and mm-hmm. the thoughtfulness. So I can see that being just super positive. You're very sweet. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure they were nice looking gifts, but I put <laughs> a lot of love into them. Absolutely. <laughs> and to echo what you're saying fun. about you and Jesse living near the beach and taking that time out that you might not have done before, if you could rush out to go to dinner somewhere, I feel just as fortunate living between Los Angeles and New Orleans and the sunset views on the beach are million dollar views and I go out there Mm -hmm. and I'm like I am a millionaire this is an absolute million dollar view that I am 
experiencing right now and I just breathe that in and find just so many places like that here versus in New Orleans I've discovered a park that I love Audubon Park across from Tulane and Loyola universities on St. Charles Avenue which is lined in oak trees and even just riding in the streetcar looking at the mansions that some of them are from the 17 and 1800s just massive plantation looking homes and how beautiful they are that wherever you are living living as our listener that you can find those experiences that you might have passed up just going to spend money mm-hmm. to do something so i really like that as well yeah and it makes you appreciate things so much more right you appreciate something that you may never have really thought of and i think for us it really did that i mean we became so much more appreciative every time we paid a bill or the fact that we still had electricity or the fact that we still had running water and those are things that we still value till now. I mean, my husband and I would love to camp. A lot of people I know do are not campers and will not do anything to camp. And we bought a trailer a few years ago, and it's a tiny trailer, and it has you know a very small water tank. And we have to become very um, just aware of how much we're spending. But every time we camp, it's the same thought. It's oh my gosh, you know, here we are dry camping. We don't have running water. We don't have electricity. It makes you appreciate things so much more. So till this day, I mean, there's not a day that goes by where I probably don't give thanks for, you know, the the things that people take for granted. Running water is one of them. You know, having lights on is another. So I think if anything, we need to learn to look at our lives that way all the time. Yes. You know, get creative and find those things that you enjoy. And most likely you have it right outside your door or down the street or in your own home and you're just not looking at it you know you're, you're really just kind of immune to it unfortunately so and I love that you said that you love going down um, on the St. Charles streetcar for anybody who's if you haven't been to New Orleans or if you have that's one of my favorite things to do I recommend that as the number one tourist attraction pay yeah. a couple dollars take that streetcar all the way to the end and enjoy the view while you're on it, because that's just absolutely yes. beautiful. Yeah, you know what I'm speaking of. It's amazing. I do. It's so amazing. It is my favorite thing to do in New Orleans, other than eating. I think oh. that's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. And I was born and raised there, and I still <laughs> ride that streetcar. I mean, oh, there are houses I still have never seen, and being born and raised, driving up and down St. Charles thousands of times, I still am taken aback by the beauty of those homes that I haven't noticed. Yeah. So we're you gonna, should do it frequently. Yeah. Every few months, take yeah. that ride. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break and bring you right back on, Jennifer. Sounds great. So my sponsor this month is BetterHelp. They are a secure online counseling service, and there are several thousand licensed professionals available to help you with issues that range from depression and anxiety to family conflicts, LGBT issues, relationships, traumas, and they are HIPAA compliant. Everything you talk about is confidential, just as if you were to meet with someone like me, except for the standard disclosures. And if you're unhappy with the person you're working with or you don't feel like they're a good fit, because fit is really important in doing any kind of therapy. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience, 
doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Work that alignment is so important. You can request to have a new counselor, and they do offer financial aid to those who qualify. And as my listener, they are giving you 10% off to check them out. So, to take advantage of that opportunity and to learn more, go to betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. Do you want to help yourself and friends find a purpose in life? Then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression, and in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I am with Jennifer Griffith. She is the founder of InTheLifeOfZen.com, where money meets soul, talking about how her and her husband became financially free from over $100,000 of debt. And I want to welcome also those of you watching on Facebook Live. I meant to say that when I came on in the beginning and I completely forgot. So, hey, it's so nice to be seen by everyone. And Jennifer, welcome back on after the break. Thank you so much. Yes. Do you want to, how do you want to take the show next? Do you want to get into details? What, how would you like to use the rest of our time? So I like to give practical advice, kind of like step by step or to do. This is this is what I found to be very helpful for me. So um, one thing, if people are interested in either striving for financial freedom, whether you're in debt and you want to get out, or you just want to be able to save money, um, there's a couple questions that I always like for individuals to ask themselves, or what I like to ask them. And one of them is: Imagine your life if you didn't have either a mortgage, rent, or debt to pay. What does that life look like? And then what would you be doing differently if that was the case, if you didn't have those bills? And then I want you to look at, well, what could you do to eliminate whatever is causing you not to live that life? So um, I think wherever you are in your journey, the most important thing to do is to truly understand your finances 
Um, in the U.S., there's studies that show that 61% of adults do not keep track of their money. So they have no idea how much they're spending for the most part. Um, so I know that when people think tracking your money, a lot of people think of budget. And it's not a budget. I know the word budget is budgets terrify me. I don't like them. And I know that scares a lot of people. But tracking your money is not a budget. Uh, what you want to do and the easiest thing you can do to track your money is really to write down all of your bills. Anything from your rent, your mortgage, how much you're spending on gas every month, what, how much do you spend on groceries every month, what are you spending on entertainment or going out to dinner, clothing. I mean, these are things that a lot of people don't think of. So mm -hmm. if you want to write them down, do that. If you want to keep track of them, I'm on a spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet queen, so I do it that way. But you really want to have a good sense and understanding of how much are you spending every month on just about everything. The second thing you want to do to understand your finances is really know how much you're bringing home after taxes and deductions. So you don't want to focus on your gross income. Your gross income is before all of your taxes and deductions are taken out. You want to focus on your net income. So that dollar amount that hits your checking account or is deposited in your checking account every month. You want to take your total net income and from that deduct all of your bills. And whatever is left over should then go towards paying off your debt or towards eliminating your debt. Now, if you don't have everything left over, and this was the case for my husband and I, when we did this exercise, we had we were in the negatives. So at that point, you really want to find a way to reduce or eliminate wherever possible. And examples would be if you have, let's say, cable, Netflix, and Hulu. Well, which one of those do you watch the least yes. and then get rid of it? Yes. Or if you go out to dinner four or five times a month, can you cut down to just once or twice a month? So the focus here isn't really depriving yourself. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of everything. It really is just trying to eliminate because we tend to have an excess of everything. So you should be able to find ways to eliminate. Another way would be if you spend $200 a month on clothes. Well, can you just cut down to $50 a month? So really just get in that mindset of finding ways to get rid of things that you don't need or that excess. And then once you know what's left over, then apply that towards a bill or put it into your savings account. So even if it's only $20, every penny counts. Um, the other thing I recommend, the second thing would be to get rid of any temptations. So if you have credit cards and you find that most of your debt is credit card debt and you just can't seem to stop charging, then either cut, cut up your credit cards or close your accounts completely. I know it's a bit drastic, but in some cases, you have to take drastic measures to be able to get out of debt. Um, I always recommend to opt out of receiving pre-approved credit card notifications in the mail. And if you Google opt out of receiving pre-approved credit card authorizations, you'll be directed to places where you can opt out of doing that. That's cool. And then most importantly, I think you want to get in the habit of paying for everything with cash. Yeah, I love Debit cards are okay, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, but everything, and I mean food, clothes, entertainment, bills, vacations, you really want to start to believe or get in the mindset that if you don't have cash, you can't afford it. 
plain and simple. I started doing That's that. That's where you have to get. And I have more money. Like, it's been amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I think what happens is there there isn't an emotional tie with money if you're not paying for cash. You know, usually if you have a credit card, it's so easy to just, oh, I'll charge it and I'll charge it and I'll charge it. And you don't realize how much you're actually mm-hmm. charging. And so at the end of the month, you get a bill for thousands of dollars. But if you have to focus on money, whether you have actual cash in your wallet or if you know how much is in your bank account, you become more aware of how much you're spending. You tend to shift your spending habits, right? You start to stop shopping on, I, this is so silly, but I used to love shopping and buying thank you cards. So I would go to like TJ Maxx and because they were $2.99, every time I went in, I would just buy thank you cards where I opened my closet one day and I realized I had like hundreds of thank you cards that I was doing nothing with. And so (laughs) when you get into this mindset, and it's ridiculous, I know, but you get into this mindset of I don't have, or I, I, you know, I can't afford it or whatever it is, you really start to become intentional with your money. I realized I don't need to buy any more thank you cards. So you stop spending on little things like that. And then suddenly, as you mentioned, you have more money, Mm -hmm. which is the whole point, right? Yes. So then the third thing I recommend, so let's say you you don't have a lot of debt. Not everybody does. Some people are, do a great job of paying off their monthly credit cards as they should. But in the U S, 69% of the population has less than $1,000 in savings. I mean, for many of us, if you have $1,000, you know, you feel great. So I recommend saving money wherever you can. And I think one of the problems that we face is a lot of people think that saving money is hard or they they believe that they just don't make enough money to save. And in reality, saving money is easier than you think. And regardless of how much money you make, you can always save. So again, if you have kind of that budget or not the budget, but the plan in place that allows you to know how much money you're spending, you can always put a line item in there for savings. You should always be putting money into savings. And one of the easiest things I found to save money was opening an online bank account. And I say this with, I specifically say online because most banks, your traditional banks that we're used to going to with branches everywhere because they have so many branches they have a lot of overhead there's a lot of costs and expenses for them so if you find a credible online bank these because they don't have a lot of overhead there's a ton of benefits to us as the end user or the investor so we can benefit from opening savings accounts that have no minimum balance requirements no maintenance fees And you want to find an account that has an annual percentage yield of at least 1%. So this is the interest that you're going to be making on the money that's sitting in that account. Okay. When you find one of these banks, then what I suggest is to create numerous savings accounts for different areas of your life. Hmm. So for example, if you have annual membership fees, let's say you have a triple A membership or you have Amazon Prime or Costco, all of these types of services tend to have an annual uh, membership fee. So open one account for that. Another account might be say birthdays and holiday gifts, or maybe DMV renewal fees or an emergency fund, or if you're like me, a vacation fund, which is my favorite account. (laughs) 
So with each paycheck, you want to get in the habit of automatically depositing money into those accounts. And how much you transfer or deposit is entirely up to you. But let's say that with those annual membership fees, like your AAA, Amazon Prime, Costco, whatever it is, let's say they come up to a total of $450 a year. If you divide $450 by 12 months, you should be saving $37.50 every month or $18.75 every two weeks for 12 months. So you really just want to cut down, you know, what it is that you're, what, how much do you have, cut it down, divide it by the 12 months to get that number so you know how much to transfer. Mm-hmm. Or let's say you want to start saving money, you know, say starting January 1st, I want to start putting money away so by the end of the year I have $1,000 or come the holidays I have $1,000 to spend on gifts. Well, then all you do is you take $1,000, you divide it by those 12 months, and that would mean you'd have to save $84 a month or $24 every two weeks for 12 months. Okay. So ultimately what you want to do is just get in the habit of depositing money, whether it's directly from your paycheck or if you're manually transferring from your checking account into this savings account that has this kind of a high yield interest rate, you want to start doing that and you want to realize, you will realize that it's not that difficult because money at that point, money kind of becomes out of sight, out of mind and you get your money to work for you. So in addition to the money that you're putting in, you should be building or getting extra free money if you're in an account that has that annual percentage rate of 1% or higher which you will not find with a traditional um, branch because again, of their overheads, I think their annual percentage yield, if you go into a regular bank, it's kind of like in the 0.2%. So 1% may not sound like a lot, but it is in comparison to your other options. So I definitely recommend doing that. And most importantly, wherever you are in your journey, remember a few things. If you are in debt, you didn't get into debt overnight and you're not going to get out of it overnight. Unless you win the lottery or you somehow get this huge Christmas bonus, you likely will not get out of debt overnight. It took Jesse and I over 20 years of charging and you know buying cars and doing things. We had a school loan as well. But it took us over 20 years to get into debt and it took us about nine years of being very intentional about our money to get out of debt. Now in those nine years, we still lived our life. We still took vacations. So we didn't sacrifice everything completely, but we were very intentional about how much money we had. But the point is it takes time. So just be patient. The other thing when we mentioned it before, when we were talking about resentment is just learn to change your spending habits. You really need to, to make sacrifices. You have to be willing to free up money wherever possible. So making changes is, is an absolute must. And then lastly, do not compare yourself to others because regardless of if you have $2,000 in debt or $200,000 in debt, being in debt is stressful, period. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. It may not be easy, but it's also not impossible. So I really think that by putting these steps in place, you can hopefully get to the point or to your end goal. I like that. Not comparing oneself and that can help you stay out of judgment and criticism and and Mm -hmm. instead focus on your empowerment and where you're moving towards to keep generating exactly right momentum exactly right so -hmm. jennifer i'd love to know as we're concluding what is next for you and what 
like just it, anything special on your horizon that that you're planning and visioning towards? Well, we always want to live a life of our dreams, right? And so yeah. there's still many things in place to make sure, you know, I would love to live a life of constant travel. So that would be one of the next best things in my life, but you know, probably not going to happen anytime soon. So I think for me right now is really just focusing on my passions and my dreams. And one of the things, and I'm able to do it via your platform here. So I thank you so much for having me, but one of the things that I really want to do is share my story in hopes that it really truly does help others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing it via podcasting platforms is one of them. Another way is really by sharing um, our wisdom on my website. So again, in the life of Zen.com. And um, over the years, in the life of Zen has changed. It started as, believe it or not, more so of a travel blog. So it was documenting mine and Jesse's journey of living debt free and then going on all of our travel and adventures, but it's morphed into now more of a professional development site Mm -hmm. for individuals. And on that site, we share tips on how to, you know, achieve financial freedom, how to create a work-life balance, you know, how to better manage all of the demands that we have and really how to focus on pursuing your passions and your dreams. Because I think a lot of individuals, you know, including myself, I think one of my biggest challenges is I am overachiever. I have all these goals and I can easily allow my goals or my job to consume me. And I start to neglect or ignore my goals and my dreams. So I have to be very intentional about creating healthy boundaries in order to ensure that I don't become a workaholic. Yes. And so I think for me, it's a big part is sharing tips on how to really create that healthy work-life balance, how to create healthy boundaries and how to focus on living this life that you, that you dream of, you know, without having the obligations get in the way. We're always going to have those, but how can you better manage and juggle them to ensure that you're not sacrificing your dreams or letting everybody else in control of your life? You know, the individuals, busy individuals, especially women. And I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I found, find that particularly women tend to put everybody else's needs before their own. So our spouses, our partners, our children, aging parents, and then suddenly we wake up and we kind of forget what our dreams ever were. Yeah. So I think a big thing is really focusing and working on individuals to help them identify what their goals and their dreams are and then put the steps into place to help them achieve that. So our website, I think, does a great job of offering individuals tips on how to succeed in business and in life. So I do invite your listeners, if anybody is interested in really practical and tactical advice on how to achieve this life of your dreams, please visit our website. Feel free to join our tribe. It's for less than the cost of a cup of coffee. It's $5.55. We give you weekly tools to focus on money and abundance, create that work-life balance, and ultimately live the life that you dream of. So I hope you all join me. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer, for being with us today and offering your experience and takeaways. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I love what you're doing. So keep doing it. And I look forward to speaking with you again in the near future. Thank you. I love what you're doing in the life life of Zen also. And I just want to echo, it's a great masterclass that I've listened to a lot of the interviews with the other women you inter- interviewed to learn from them. So in the life of Zen.com is a really wonderful resource for 
you listening today. And thank you, Jennifer. I hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you, Lisa. Enjoy beautiful, sunny Southern California. I will. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for being with us today. That concludes our show. And next Thursday is Thanksgiving, if you observe that holiday. I have a guest coming on just to give you a preview. There will be a new show. And it's unique because our focus is on recovering from addiction. And my interview is with J.F. Benoist. He, I'm sorry, Benoit, French, my bad. He is the founder of a residential treatment facility in Hawaii called TheExclusiveHawaii.com. And he developed an experiential therapy technique based upon mindfulness practices to help people recover from various addictions, being, being it eating disorders, alcohol, or drugs. So be sure to listen in. It's always archived on iTunes, and I just want to wish you well and uh, and just an awesome afternoon. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.